This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. No one ever thinks about the crew below the decks. They're drinking and they're partying and having lots of sex. They cook and clean and serve the rich with a smile all day. But when the richies leave the ship, the yachties get to play. Yo ho, yo yo ho, yo yo. We're heading up the gangplank and going down below. Bravo! Hey guys, welcome back for another Gangplank Report. This is our final Gangplank Report for Below Deck Mediterranean this year. They called the episode Nothing Comes Over Easy. We are calling it Time to Split because it is time for this season to be over. Agreed. (laughs) Here's Jen for your rapid recap. Okay. There's only one stew left as Courtney leaves the boat to help Malia with the beach picnic setup. One of the guests was wandering around looking for Katie for drinks. And I can't quite understand why she would be doing laundry when she knows she's the only stew on the boat. Matthew's neediness is needling Katie. The anchor is dragging, which causes massive chaos as they have to pull all of the toys in. Courtney lends a hand on the exterior with no complaints and unfortunately no praise. The fortress is a very cool setting, but the family style buffet gives the setting a golden corral feel. Matt's anxiety is giving me anxiety. Bodies are not meant to cringe this much. David giving Z the chance to drive the tender is passing along the best parts of Sandy and Malia. Malia works it out with Martin to get Lloyd a position on the boat crossing. The deck crew is dancing while Courtney is smashing breakfast solo. Luca's visit is awkward and uncomfortable, and Matt was super rude. At the final crew dinner, Malia announced David as lead deckhand, which makes no sense because there's nothing to lead anymore. The goodbyes were nice, but the vagueness about Split gave the vibe that nothing happened at all. And that's your rapid recap. Oh, I can honestly say, other than talking to you, Jen, I was not looking forward to doing this podcast because... (laughs) Same girl, same. I'm scraping the barrel here for, I mean, at least we're coupling this with talking about the reunion as well. So there's that. Right. That's true. But I just, God, I haven't seen such an anticlimactic ending Mm -hmm. to, I mean, no wonder we had no teasers for the finale last week because there was nothing to tease. Exactly. There was nothing, there was nothing going on. And While that's professionally very nice, Mm -hmm. for a reality show, it's not. You know, I think we had some real interesting highs this season with this show and some real obvious knockdown drama. And I think it's, to me, falls flat with kind of a, "Eh, okay, it's over. On to the next. Right. Did you ever watch The Price is Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is the sound that was in my head through most of the reunion. Ready? 
(laughs) (laughs) That's what it felt like to me. I was just very underwhelmed and I'm having a hard time reconciling that because I like the people so much and probably more as a group than any crew aside from season two of Sailing Yacht. But as a whole, I really enjoyed all of them together, but there was just something, it just really fell flat towards the end. And it became really difficult to stay engaged and stay excited about it. So yes, I agree. Talking to you was (laughs) the only thing I was looking forward to when talking about the finale episode. You know, there's been some exterior drama that we can talk about that's happened on social media. And so that plays into it a little bit. I mean, not obviously to the level of sailing yacht season two, but there was a little bit of that that I have found kind of interesting to watch play out. But for the most part, I mean, you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of like when you open a soda and you drink a little bit of it and you put it in the fridge and you're like, you know what, I'll come back to that later. And then you get back to it and there's just no bubbles at all left. Yeah. And you're it's like, just oh, flat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why didn't I just <laughs> toss that and start over? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think the main through lines here on this episode were Matt's anxiety, which was totally giving me anxiety. I could not, Katie handled it and she was even harsh for her, but she was still better than I would have been at that point. She's the only stew left when Courtney's off setting up the picnic with Malia. And he's still like, well, what should I do? What should I do? I'm like, dude, you're the chef. Look at their preference sheets, figure out the menu. That's your job. His spiral was a big spiral, I think. Well, and that, yeah, I mean, look, I think you and I talked about this a little bit last week. What if he had started receiving any kind of criticism at the beginning of the season? He wouldn't have made it through the season. Mm -hmm. We would have saw Luca much sooner. You know, speaking of Luca, that what a damn disappointment that was. I felt so bad for him. That was so cringy. They could have, and I tweeted about this last night. I said, couldn't you have him in the salon with you guys as a group instead of bringing him down to the crew mess while you're all milling in and out, getting ready for your night out that he's not invited to? Sit him down, give him some canapes, a charcuterie board, something, and engage with the guy for a minute. It just... And Matt walking off was so very Matt. Yeah, not shocked. Yeah. Not very on brand for Matt. Not mm-hmm. not even giving the guy a few minutes. Professional courtesy would have been, hey, bro, let's talk shop for a minute. And sorry, you were stuck in quarantine forever. Luca did say to him a couple of times, so I guess you made it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you sorted your stuff out. Like, you're still here. Yeah. But it just seemed very strange and kind of pointless. I think the only reason why they did it while they were still filming the season was so that they could tease it halfway through the season, making it look like Matt actually leaves. That's the only only justification I see. Because we (laughs) saw it early and you were like, yay, Luca shows up. Mm -hmm. Nope. Yeah, to me, it was, and I even predicted that they were going to do this to me, that I was going to be hugely let down. And I was, I was very sad for the guy. It probably took him longer for the ride from the hotel to the boat and back to the hotel than how long he was there. 
He barely had time to take his coat off. So very pointless. I understand in a production sense why they didn't invite him to dinner, but they could have done something like what they did with Sandy and have him be there for a little bit of it and then bail or something. It was just, I don't know. I thought it was kind of nothing. It was nothing like the entire end of the show. It was nothing. Yeah, that's true. Everything is nothingness. (laughs) It's all nothing. Uh, Yeah, it was bad. In watching the Twitter comments last night, I was just laughing because it was so reflective of exactly how I was feeling. And it's like, what the hell is going on? What happened? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's because you predicted that the wheels were going to fall off the bus and the bus is still stuck two episodes ago. (laughs) Yeah, it's just bad. The one redeeming thing about the episode, and I have to give credit to Malia here, was her getting Lloyd the Crossing job. That made me very happy because we know that his panic attack was kind of about what's coming up for him. What's next? Is he going to be on a boat he likes? So that was a great moment. And I'm glad that he got that position. And and then she proceeded to make sure that she, he knew that she got it for him. Oh, but, absolutely. You know, she sat there the whole time hovering. So that was, <laughs> there's always two sides to Malia, <laughs> you know, there's right. the good side and the bad side so I knew there was going to be a big butt there it was a thoughtful thing for her to do it was or for production to suggest that she do ah could be could be because <laughs> after the show she doesn't have any pull on what happens that season she could easily make a suggestion or somebody could make that suggestion but that doesn't mean that she has any authority once right. the filming is done to whether he gets hired or not but yeah I mean I thought that was a cute moment and then the deck team giving her that really nice card that she caught them making and then told them to get back to work anyway right which I thought was really funny but she wasn't wrong about getting back to work so there's right. that. Mm-hmm. that it was, was just sweet. I was struggling to find topics for us to talk about today that's all yeah even the dinner was anticlimactic it's like okay your rose and thorn moment it's like how many times are we gonna see that and lloyd basically says well everybody knows what my worst moment is and he's like no we don't i'm like he got taken off the boat in a tender to the hospital you don't think you know what his low point was (laughs) she just can't read the room sometimes (laughs) i don't know but that's about all i have for the show yeah same i mean you had more than i did that's for sure (laughs) i think rolling into this reunion there was obviously some back and forth on social media that Mm -hmm. brought a lot of attention and the least of which i expected although i probably should have was matt sounding off on sandy Mm -hmm. because it seems like this cast has had some kind of a blood pack with the exception of lexi (laughs) that's such a good description (laughs) Like they all pricked their fingers and split and did a seance and they're there to protect each other, to make sure that everybody comes out smelling like roses. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had David reach out to us early in the season because we were throwing a little bit of shade towards Malia and Sandy. Mm -hmm. And for what it's worth, he doesn't have the background with them that we do. Yes, he's worked with them, but he worked with them in a very good season for both of them. Right. And that doesn't mean I think anybody watching was fooled 
I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't think Sandy's an entirely malicious person. I think she says and does some thoughtless things, but I don't believe the same thing about Malia. Mm -hmm. I think she's got intent behind every single thing that she does. Mm -hmm. And I knew that they were going to try to give her a good edit this year. That proved to be true. And I still don't believe it. I, based on my own personal interactions with her and based on what we've seen before, I just, I'm never going to believe, regardless of what edit she's given, that she is an altruistic person. I just don't, it's not there. Right. She proved to be a pretty good leader this season. And I'm grateful that this deck team had somebody that encouraged them. She also had utterly no conflict with her right. junior team. Mm-hmm. She had nothing. She had no pushback real challenge to her Mm -hmm. leadership so it's easy to look like a good leader when you've got people that are willing to do the job and excited to be there i would have given my left arm for that my season Mm -hmm. literally you know it was a struggle and to watch what she was given this time around which is basically anti-brew crew Mm -hmm. to work with good for her that made her season very easy but it didn't give you a good sense of what she does under pressure we've seen what that looks like before and she doesn't react well right and we saw shades of the Malia that we know even at the reunion when they were talking about Jake and she tried to pretend like oh I didn't even notice Jake until the end because he's such an introvert and then they actually busted her with a production still of her staring at him I was surprised they didn't do the conversation with them at their first crew night out at the dinner because she had made a comment that she thought he was hot there too but it was nice to see her get busted on that and then now the whole I'm in training to be an officer oh convenient considering that that's what Jake does does you know (laughs) or he's an engineer I guess but we've seen this climbing behavior before mixed with dating and I mean maybe they'll work out maybe I'm just a cynic who knows yeah for sure I mean I'm not holding my breath for wedding bells let's put it that way but (laughs) to watch how from the beginning especially David was like peace love and groove everybody let's just support each other and hey please be kind to the rest of my crew and then he legit put up a post after Lexi's verbal diarrhea on Instagram and said no more Mr. Nice Guy gloves are off I don't like it when anybody talks nasty about my friends and mm-hmm. I just went oh okay okay so this is the line yeah, this is where you stop being. And last night he said one of the meanest things I've heard him say when he said that he was really looking more towards getting the guest bed than getting with Delaney. I thought that that was just one of the I don't know. It was very gross and sexist like he was using her. I couldn't put my finger on the emotion of it, but it really was the meanest thing that I've heard him say. And I've been a cheerleader for him even after he kind of scolded us. But I really don't care what other people think when it comes to that. Anyway, I'm going to think what I think and say what I say and people can take it or leave it. I'm not trying to get everybody to see below deck the way I see it. But I'm also not going to back down when a crew member says, don't talk badly about the crew. Yeah. Don't (laughs) express your opinion about the things that you're seeing because Mm -hmm. I have a different opinion than you do. Yeah, I agree. And ironically, same thing with Matt from the beginning. 
he came right. at us and he said, you should be nice to Sandy and Malia. Well, that turned on a dime at some point. I don't know where the switch was flipped, but he's done the same thing now where he's just going in on Sandy. Mm-hmm. And you said that you read an article where he had posted something that he's since taken down. Right. But he was saying that Sandy called him a little cat. Yeah, a little cat, a P word. Yes. <laughs> yeah, a little cat. Mm-hmm. And some other things. I told him to go F front himself, of, I think. Yeah. I can't see her doing that. No. I, it just doesn't make sense. I can me. see her doing that if he threw something first. And he's very good at saying what other people did. Even with the fight with Lexi, he's like, she told me I should have been aborted. She called me the R word, all this stuff, and not filling in what he said before that led her to that yes exactly so i think that that that's probably the case with sandy is that they got into a back and forth and she finally hit her wall and came back at him so that's probably what happened or what i would assume i just i can't see her using that verbiage Mm -hmm. i mean we did see her get pretty heated with hannah Right. At the end of that season when Hannah was walking away. And so I could see in a moment like that where, but I can't see her calling him a little cat. Yeah. Like that just, that, that seems really off brand. Yeah. I can, I can see her. her telling him to go F himself because she was screaming, dropping F bombs with Malia when she was upset with her. So that part I can believe. Yeah. Again, even for Sandy, I just don't see that necessarily and it it, I wonder at what point he realized that she was not in his camp It, it was well before the reunion right because he came locked and loaded for that he slighted her on the cameo thing which caused Andy to bring it up Mm -hmm. which not shocked that that made its appearance at the reunion but it almost seemed like he encouraged that because he wanted to hit where he thought it would hurt. Right. And that just further shows his childish behavior. I'm mm-hmm. not impressed with him. After seeing that play out last night on the reunion, my comment on Twitter was, looks like Lexi's not the only one that's hashtag unemployable after this reunion. <clears throat> yeah, I <laughs> totally agree. Yeah, I saw that. And I had said that he basically proved Sandy's point in that moment. Because what she was saying was that he can't take criticism. And we've said that all season. He's super good with you if you're complimentary and lovey-dovey and telling him how great he is. But the minute you take criticism, I think on the boat when she criticized his fish, she also built him back up because that's what Sandy does. If she's going to point out something bad, usually she points out the positives, at least this season, not last season, but she built him back up. So I think the building him back up probably kept him from being triggered the way we saw him last night on the reunion. Right. But I mean, still in that job, especially when it's such um, an objective situation, you have to give people what they want. And sometimes it's not going to meet their expectations, or it's not going to be exactly what they asked for. And you have to be prepared to listen to that. Right. And it's not like Sandy had a big open conversation at the dinner table with those guests saying, I don't like my fish. It's all dark fish. Did you get dark fish? Mm -hmm. She 
talked to him privately. She voiced her concern, which was completely valid. And I agree with mm-hmm. and moved on. And he is the kind of person that's going to stew on that and harbor it and then lash out later. Yeah, And that's exactly what we saw. I'm not impressed with him. I don't care how talented he is. She was right when she said, and so is Katie. And so was Courtney when they said that he's not reliable. Right. You know, he, oh, oh, what did you think about when he said that about the catering gig that he bailed on a catering on a gig? gig job? Yeah. Can two you of, imagine? He said he walked out on two day jobs. Yeah. He has no stick to itiveness. Can you imagine being the person who hired him on to do that? And like last minute, because of whatever yeah. is in his head, you have to scramble and find somebody to cater your meal. That's nuts. Oh, I would have gotten a voodoo doll with his name on it. 100%. 100%. Especially if you've got people waiting for food. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. He's not reliable. Again, I don't care how talented you are. If you can't get through your job and do the bare minimum, I don't need you here. Mm-hmm. I really wish we would have seen Luca and what Luca was capable of. And maybe Luca was more on par with Kiko, but it would have been refreshing to see somebody who could take a little bit of criticism and do his damn job. Right. And I, yeah, I am very unimpressed with Matt. Again, I don't care. I know everybody we've talked to has said his food was really good. That doesn't make up for the lack of personality that I see, the lack of stick to and drive that mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. And it was just, yeah, when he started, there was one point during that reunion where he totally fesses up that the knee injury was a fake. Oh, yeah. And there was really nothing wrong with him. And it was just anxiety. And it's almost like he's piggybacking on the entire rest of everybody having issues with anxiety that season. Mm-hmm. Like he can just toss that into the air and people will accept that it's anxiety and, oh, we shouldn't give him too hard of a time for it. And I don't buy it. Yeah. I mean, yes, I'm sure he had some nerves going into that, but for him to use that as his leveler mm-hmm. to say it was anxiety, everybody cut me a break. I don't give him that latitude. Yeah. He was trying to buffer criticism yet again, because he can't handle it. He can't handle hearing right. negative things about himself. And that's not, I have anxiety. But you can tell me all day long everything that's wrong with me because I know what's wrong with me for one. And two, if I wasn't aware of it, I'd take it in. And that's the difference between listening and hearing. And I think Matt hears things, but I don't think he listens. To listen, you have to hear it and take it in and process it in a non-emotional way and then respond. And I don't think he does that. I think he hears it and it immediately goes through his emotion chip and he spits back the most hateful things he can come up with is that's just how I see him. I agree. And on some level, I'm really glad that he said that Sandy is the worst captain that he's ever worked with in 15 years of yachting, because that guarantees that we'll never see him on that show again. Right. (laughs) That's a good point. That's a good point. The only other thing really about the reunion that got me, well, one, Courtney was super sloshed. (laughs) I mean, and we know she's filming Below Deck Med right now. So I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall once that Zoom call was ended because she, Z, and Sandy are all basically 
literally in the same boat. <laughs> and I would have liked to see how that turned out after. You know, I have a, a mild amount of concern for her condition. I understand what she's going through with her dad, but mm-hmm. that seemed really, I mean, she was barely keeping her eyes open. Mm-hmm. I, uh, that's concerning to me. It's yeah. not comical as much as it's concerning to me yeah i'm not sure how long this took to film how long did your guys's take to film a couple hours yeah so and that's maybe what it is maybe she didn't eat yeah i don't know i don't want to put anything on her until we see more i do know i did feel bad to find out that her dad had to be put into a home and that he doesn't recognize her because then you have all of those thoughts like well maybe if i hadn't had a job that takes me away i would have had more time to make more memories kind of thing so well and that's the kind of thing i'm looking at it if her dad is that rapidly deteriorating i almost feel like it's the same situation as where lexi was like Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that you're emotionally here or that you should physically be here because you're not emotionally here. Go be with your family. I had an opportunity after I filmed my season to go to the Mediterranean, which would have been my first Mediterranean season. Mm -hmm. And right before I was getting ready to leave for that trip, my grandfather got really sick Mm -hmm. and I ended up canceling that job because it was more important to me that I spent time with him if that was the end than it was for me to go to this awesome job in the Mediterranean and turns out he ended up passing halfway through the summer so I'm glad that I stuck around and I was there for that yeah and it was one of those moments where you have to make a personal choice or a professional choice and I made the personal choice and I'm glad I did that I actually went yesterday to Arlington to go visit because he's there and they finally interred my grandmother there too. So I was able to go visit both of them and I told them about the podcast. But yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where at some point you just have to prioritize. And if she's using alcohol as a coping mechanism because she's sad and upset, although I'm sure that if I had presented the possibility to my grandfather at the time and said, I have this awesome opportunity to go to the Mediterranean on this boat, he probably would have been all for me doing it. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't have. Yeah. And the one difference that I just want to distinguish here is that with Alzheimer's and dementia, a lot of time that that's not an imminent, you're going to pass. And it's a very long and hard process when you're in it, especially when they get to the point that they don't recognize you. So if she's not his active caretaker, and now that he's in a home, I'm sure her mom's visiting him regularly. And it is very difficult. Yeah, I've gone through it. And sometimes because it's a prolonged end of life scenario, it's not your mind goes, but your body can still keep going. And right. She can't put her life on hold forever. So I do understand that part. I just hope that, like you said, that it's not become a coping mechanism for her because she was gonzo for sure. Yeah. I mean, I went through the same thing with my grandmother at the end. I was Mm -hmm. in and out a lot with that, but I was working locally here in Florida and the Bahamas. So I was never far away, Mm -hmm. but she thought she lived at a Disney resort at the end. Yeah. She thought that it was the nicest resort she's ever been to. So, I mean, it's all perspective. But I just, much like how at the very beginning of the season, I said, I think Lexi should be dealing with her stuff in a personal way and not letting it play out on television. Right. Because that's hard to watch. 
Yeah. And you're not always in the right frame of mind because your grief is still overcoming. Yeah. I just, I wish the best for Courtney. I wish the best for her family. I just, she's adorable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really, I'm looking her. forward to seeing her again next season. I just really hope that she, yeah, stays off the sauce a little. Yep. Know. Agreed. The only other thing was the ice cold reception that Delaney got. I mean, she was barely on. She was, <laughs> I mean, barely longer than she was on the actual show. I didn't expect her to have too much focus or time, but I also didn't expect nobody to say hello to her and her to, I think, have two frames of dialogue and that was it. Yeah, that was a little bit strange to me too, but it seems like there's some bad blood there too. Mr. Nice Guy with the gloves off. Yeah, I did see some interaction where she was taking Lexi's side in some ways, but I didn't see it so much as her taking Lexi's side as her trying to do that Here's both sides of the situation kind of thing. Right. But I think eventually it just got to a point where they were fed up with it and they have their daily group chat. I do have to say, I wonder if they have their group chat that includes Matt. And then they have a side group chat that's with everybody but Matt. So they can talk about Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of eye rolls. Yeah, but it was overall an okay season. I didn't hate it. It's not in my top, but it was a good season. So that's the end of this season for Below Deck Med. Womp womp. Womp womp. But in an uh womp womp, I don't know how to uh womp womp, <laughs> but in an uh womp womp way, we do have one more episode, a super fan episode this week with Gina Ragusa from Showbiz Sheet Sheet. She's a fantastic writer. And if you don't follow her, you need to. And make sure you check out our interview with her. She had some good tea for us. And then next week, OG comes back. Yay! And Woo! we are also, just so you know, programming note. We're going to be airing on Wednesdays, so look for us then. We thank you so much for your support this first season of ours. We had no idea where it would go. You guys have been phenomenal, and don't forget to rate and review us on Apple if you can. And if you want to be a super fan, we have slots open now. If you would like to be one of our super fan interviewees, write us at gangplankreport at gmail.com. Do you have any last season words, Adrian? Oh, bring on another season. All right. I'm ready. All right. Me too. Okay. Thanks, guys. And we will catch you next time for Below Deck OG. Bye. Bye. Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below music and lyrics by Angel Tweeter Frail and Terry Abbott. Performed by Laura Lyle, Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Super fan intro by Blind Lawrence. Cast off me hearties.